0: Entrepreneurs Over 40, episode 16 with John Moyer talking about hypnosis and starting a successful YouTube channel. This is part two of the two-part series.
1: The brain can't tell the difference between what's real or what's not. They're running through these actions in their mind. They're experiencing these things in their mind and their mind is telling them this is real. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills.
0: As I discussed in the intro, there was just such great content that I split the interview into two episodes. If you still haven't listened to episode 15 yet, go back and listen to it first so that this episode will make way more sense. We're going to pick back up after having John talked about how he got into hypnosis first as a tool and then as a career. Let's have you discuss what the benefits are, because I know that you've talked about Not only is it just a a shift in thinking, but there's also physiological benefits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll start with the first part of that. One of the things that people do ask me is, what's the difference between hypnosis and meditation? Well, they're essentially sister states of mind. As I said, you're going from a beta brainwave state down to alpha and theta brainwave state. So you're experiencing the same brainwave state. But one of the things that happens or several of the things that happen physically is your body is releasing dopamine. Your body is releasing endorphins, so you feel really happy. You're in a really, really good mood. You're also releasing antioxidants, so your body is releasing these chemicals that are anti-cancer, they're anti-aging, they're anti-inflammation. So you've got that going for your body as well as increased melatonin. One of the things that I would hear, especially from people when I was performing at the cruise ships, and this was another thing that I would tell the audience to give them a reason to come up on stage. I go, you're going to have an incredible night's sleep. You're going to go back to your cabinet. And when you lay your head down the pillow, you are going to have an, a great night's sleep. People would come up to me a couple of days after the show. I don't know what you did, but I couldn't believe how well I slept. Um, so you're having that experience as well, is that you're able to to sleep really well. Not to mention that your body is going to have a reduction in those chemicals, like the fight or flight mentality, right? Your body is releasing chemicals that you use when it comes to stress while you're having your stress reduced. And one of the most interesting things, there was a study done. They took a group of women who had breast cancer and they were going to go into intense chemotherapy. So they had two groups. They had a group of women that just did the chemotherapy, and they had another group of women who did chemotherapy, and they practiced meditation every single day. Now, one of the things that happens as a result of chemotherapy is we've got these things on the end of our our chromosomes, and they are called telomeres. They're like the plastic cap at the end of your shoelaces that keep your shoelaces from fraying. So what happens is when the telomeres go down, that's stress and that's aging. And when your telomeres are all the way out, that's when you die. So one of the things that happens when people experience chemotherapy is that your telomeres get ground down as a result of the chemotherapy. So at the end of the study, the women who just did chemotherapy, as expected, their telomeres were ground down. The women who did the chemotherapy and the meditation their telomeres remained virtually the same. So that, you know, that speaks to the antioxidant properties. Your immune system is getting a huge boost as a result of doing uh, meditation or hypnosis. So that's one of, you know, the... The positive benefits, not to mention, of course, the energy that people feel in the middle of the afternoon. If somebody takes 15 or 20 minutes to do a meditation or hypnosis session, you can get an energy boost as a result of that. So instead of pounding down an energy drink or whatever the case may be, people can do a meditation.
0: I know sports hypnosis has really taken off. The area where
1: I live in Utah, they've called it the Silicon Slopes because we've had so many tech Companies move into this area. When my ex wife and I moved here, I think in 2002, so it's been almost 20 years, there was nothing but farmland around here. It was a completely empty area. And now I look out, we've got these huge buildings. Adobe's got a headquarters here, Ancestry's got a headquarters here. So there's a lot of tech companies here. And one of the things that the tech people are into is hacking their minds, right? How can we get more out of ourselves to be able to perform the term as a state of flow, where we feel really good, we feel really energized, we feel really inspired, we're coming up with ideas, we're solving problems. And that's, of course, one of the areas of hypnosis or meditation. When you get into these states and your neurons start firing, you become inspired. You can get ideas. We talked about the brainwave states, beta, alpha, theta, delta is when you're asleep. But the highest brainwave state is actually called um, gamma. And that's like a super consciousness. It's, It's like the aha moment when you're trying to solve something and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get this idea. Well, what happens In the gamma brainwave state is literally all of the areas, and they've demonstrated this through studies of the brain, all of the areas of your brain simultaneously just link up and they're in sync. So they're instantly communicating. So instead of having to search for an idea over here, put something over here, all of a sudden your brain's coming together and it just, it comes to you. And you can actually experience gamma brainwave states by entering down into those alpha and theta brainwave states that you can jump up into that gamma state, and all of a sudden have an idea.
0: Wonder if that's what they refer to as being in the zone.
1: Yeah, being in the zone, being in the flow or flow state is another uh, term that I hear a lot of people using. To your point, when you were speaking about sports hypnosis. As I said, the brain can't tell the difference between what's real or what's not. So if you're working with somebody relative to sports and hypnosis, they're running through these actions in their mind. They're experiencing these things in their mind and their mind is telling them, this is real. The way that I'm performing right now, I'm I'm seeing myself hit the ball exactly the way throw the ball exactly the way that I know how to do it. I feel confident. I feel energized. I feel inspired and I can just fire on all cylinders. So the brain is saying, this is a real experience. The brain's making those connections. So when an athlete goes out and is in those moments, the brain's just going to recall what it experienced and be able to operate and fire on all cylinders again.
0: Okay. Now, what are some of the techniques that you use to get people into hypnosis?
1: There's kind of a combination of techniques you use to be able to do this. One of the things that you do is called pacing and leading where you're going to tell two or three facts that they know to be true. And the fourth thing that you might say to them would be like the suggestion. So I would say to somebody, as you're sitting there in the chair, as you're listening to my words, as your body is relaxed – So they're hearing these things. Okay, I'm sitting in the chair. Okay, I'm hearing uh, what he's saying. Yeah, my body is relaxed. And then the fourth thing. So I might go, you're sitting in the chair. You're hearing my words. Your body is relaxed. And you're beginning to accept these suggestions. So all of a sudden, the subconscious mind goes, okay, yeah, I'm in the chair. I'm relaxed. I'm hearing his voice. Yeah, I'm I'm going to accept the suggestions. So those are some things in kind of the toolbox of hypnosis. Another technique is what's called a confusion technique, where you kind of overload the conscious mind a little bit and confuse the conscious mind or the conscious mind is distracted. And then you're able to get a suggestion into the subconscious mind. So one of the things that I'll tell to people is I want you to focus on one of your hands and left or right being right or wrong. Your conscious mind thinks it knows, or maybe it doesn't, but it doesn't make any difference because your subconscious mind knows how to relax. And you might focus on the hand that is left. That could be the one that's right. You might focus on the hand that's right. The only other hand that is left to completely relax all the way down. So, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I don't think I have the vocabulary or speech uh, patterns (laughs) to be able to do that.
1: Well, you know, it's funny, you know, one of the jokes about hypnosis is, or the hypnotists amongst themselves—they call it scriptnosis. You're saying the same thing every single time, or what? And you're not saying a magic incantation. You know, you're just drawing on all these things from language. These are the things that you can apply. These are the things that that you could do. Another thing is called anchoring. So you'll probably hear a lot of hypnotists—they snap. You know, like sleep. They do that, but you're creating a conditioned association in a person's mind so that when you hear snap or you hear the word sleep, well, the the subconscious mind is, is anchored to that word or that sound and it's going to, Oh, okay. Well, when I hear sleep and the finger snap, okay, I, you know, I go like that. So there's all those different kind of things. When I'm on stage, especially when I'm on the cruise ships, I think I've got about 50 minutes to do a show, which is really tight. So mm-hmm. I have got about two minutes to go out in front of the audience and create them to come from a space of feeling comfortable to come up on stage. They come up on stage and then I probably have four to five, maybe six minutes to do a hypnotic induction. So you're moving really, really quickly. That is a case where I'm not going to vary too much, but depending on, you know, the audience or depending on the crowd, you might have to explain things just a little bit differently, or you might have to take more of a maternal approach, a loving approach, or you might have to take more of a paternal approach where you're just telling them how it's going to be. Versus when you're working with somebody one-on-one, then there's a feedback loop happening. You've got more time. You can see how they're responding, what works well for them relative to that. So you can really custom fit doing a hypnotic induction versus like doing a show. You you just kind of have to do a one size fits all with slight variations.
0: So, you graduated with a a degree in theater and film, Mm -hmm. and you've explained a little bit about this, but I wanted to go back. What areas of your filmmaking background helped contribute to becoming a YouTube creator of hypnosis content?
1: Well, obviously being able to write... The content. That's one of the things that it, it's nice because you're not on stage, you're not working with somebody one-on-one. You can really take the time to craft your words, to put your words together. My ability to write has benefited me profoundly. Starting early on, you're like, all right, how what am I going to do? How am I going to talk about this? This has been an evolutionary process for me. I might go back and listen to some of my early videos and I go, Oh my gosh, I would do it completely differently. But being able to craft an introduction in just 30 seconds or 45 seconds that the the listener or the viewer is going to go, okay, well, this speaks to me and this is something I want to do. And then being able to perform a hypnotic induction. And again, that is kind of a one size fits all because you're just putting something out there. You can't cater something to the individual, but then also being able to craft the script writing in a way that resonates with the subconscious mind. Because the subconscious mind hears things incredibly different than the conscious mind does. The conscious mind is very analytical. The conscious mind is very judgmental. The subconscious mind works really, really differently and the subconscious mind is going to hear things very differently. And sometimes I will hear comments of what is this incoherent babbling? Like none of this makes sense. Right. And then I hear from somebody else that goes, who would have thought that you talking in this way would actually resonate with my mind. And so that's one of the things that I'm doing is when I'm writing these scripts and writing these videos, I'm writing the way the subconscious mind is going to hear the information. And it's going to resonate subconsciously, it may not make complete sense, or it may sound like gibberish consciously, but the subconscious mind is hearing something you know in- incredibly different. And that's one of the things when I do my YouTube content, I kind of avoid what I call doing homework. Sometimes if you're working with somebody in a one-on-one hypnosis session, you can say, all right, envision yourself going into this room. What do you see in the room? Or you're here, what do you see? A lot of what I do is what I call sleep hypnosis content. People listen to this to fall asleep they use it to tap into that alpha and theta brainwave state before they fall asleep. And then they like to have it playing in the background in the night. So I don't want people to have to think hard. I just want them to be able to hear something. As long as they can hear it, the subconscious mind is going to pick it up. What I learned relative to writing scripts, obviously it's a completely different format, but being able to write has been a huge bonus for me. And then of course, My videos, because they're more audio programs, I'm not filming stuff per se. They don't see me on camera. I'll typically just use a background loop because you figure these people are going to turn it on, they're going to close their eyes and go to sleep. But being able to edit the audio, all the things that I've learned over the years about Film editing and audio editing have all come into play. So I'm using these things that I got in my film world experience and my technical experience have all kind of come together. So that's how it's really helped me to be able to put content out there versus a lot of people come to me and go, man, I don't even know how to do any of this stuff. How do I begin? How do I start?
0: Yeah, I have to admit that when I went on your site, I was expecting to see a bunch of induction videos as far as you hypnotizing somebody in an audience format or yeah. on the street. And you know, I was blown away by it. you've got all of these, some of them eight hour long videos. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my channel used to be more of a promotional piece to promote my stage. Show. So, so I, I did, I used to have a lot of videos on there, clips for my show clips, exactly what you're talking about. Me hypnotizing somebody and people are seeing the results. And there was a time that my channel almost had two purposes. I had playlists of my show videos and I had playlists of my, hypnosis programs. The problem was, is when you're doing YouTube, YouTube wants your channel to be very specific to an audience. And it was splitting my channel. I would put up a a video of my show. Nobody cared. Nobody paid any attention to it. I would put up a hypnosis video. That's what people were interested in was the program, which is why I stripped everything away from my channel other than what was the hypnosis and the meditation content. So now there there are a lot of channels out there. You know, you can, you can see stuff like that. You can see, you know, how to do a hypnotic induction. You can um, see those sort of things. And those are geared towards people that might be interested in learning hypnosis or kind of seeing how hypnosis works. That's how the algorithm works. The algorithm goes, you're watching this stuff. Okay. We're going to give you more of that content. So the people that are interested in hypnosis meditation and falling asleep to that, those are the people that YouTube will push my videos out to.
0: Now, on your content, like for the eight-hour loop, are you continuously speaking? Now, typically what those might be
1: is what I call the body of the program is usually about an hour long or maybe an hour and 15 minutes long. So what I'll do is I'll have the introduction, then I have the induction, then I have the body of the program. And then when I get to the end of the body of the program, I'll do a deepener. I was, you know, now we're going to count back from the number five, and you're going to go even to a deeper sleep. And as the message continues and as the music continues, that will allow you to sleep even deeper and sleep even calmer. And then, so I do that. And then, when I get to the end of that, I create a a bridge. So it doesn't sound like it's just all of a sudden just starting over again. I will create a natural bridge that goes from them sleeping like that to the messaging continuing in that eight hour loop.
0: At the end, are people waking up with you, or are they waking up on their own, or how is that work? For the eight-hour
1: ones, You know what I will say to people, when your time comes to awaken in the morning, whether on your own or with your alarm, because I hear from people, that, they fall asleep to the program, and sometimes they wake up towards the end, but the program is still playing, or the program will come to an end, and I always tell people, make sure that you don't have... Auto play on for the next video. So people will just fall asleep and maybe they're sleeping for nine hours and then they wake up and the the video is over. Some people have asked, well, can you do a wake up at the end? Well, everybody's going to wake up at a different time unless it doesn't make any difference. Or maybe you're just feeling so good you want to sleep a little longer. So I don't do, now you're going to wake up. I just say now the music might play for the next few more minutes and you'll wake up when you're supposed to wake up.
0: Is there any danger of anybody ever getting stuck? If,
1: no. In this- <laughs> That's one of the things that you'll hear from people. Can somebody get stuck in hypnosis? And no, you can't get stuck. If you were to hypnotize somebody and then walk away, the only thing that would happen is one of two things. They would just... Wake up naturally, or they might fall asleep like they're taking a nap. So, you you can't get stuck in hypnosis. And typically, the only time that I ever have to address that when I do my pre-talk in front of groups of people is with high school students, right? Because inevitably, sometimes what might happen is you might have some kid who's being a smart aleck who wants to go up on stage and then act like he or she is stuck in hypnosis and they can't get out of it. I've I've heard stories from hypnotists where that's been the case. They know some kid is faking it and parents are freaking out or teachers are freaking out or whatever the case may be. So I always say that. I always let them know upfront that you cannot get stuck in hypnosis. It's completely impossible. So I almost reinforce that with high school kids just to prevent the kid who wants to be the show off from doing something like that.
0: Now, you mentioned that your wife assists you with the videos. Is there any other family members that are assisting? Or- no. Well, when it comes to
1: do- doing my live shows, there are, there have been some times that I've had my kids come and be my roadies. They've helped me get set up and do stuff. When I do my shows, my wife will usually come with me most of the time. She might run the camera for filming the show. She's also there on hand especially when I'll do like a high school or a college, because you'll have a lot of kids that go out in the audience. That happens quite a bit when you're doing a show like that. So sometimes my wife might come and help be a wrangler for those sort of things. When it comes to the content on YouTube, I'll write stuff. I'll ask my wife for some input. And then of course, my wife will listen to the program and then my wife will let me know one way or another, you need to tweak this or you deserve to do this or or fix this. So she's a great sounding board when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you and I are both blessed in that regard. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a huge benefit. She never had any experience with hypnosis until we got together. And then consequently, as a result of me certifying, my wife's one of those people that a lot of people love to come to for advice. My wife is you know, the, the term that we use, conscious, right? She's very wise. She's got a lot of sage wisdom and being able to call people out for, you're thinking this way and you're doing this. And if you want different results, you have to take a different approach. So she went through and certified with the National Guild of Hypnotists as well. So she will work with uh, clients one-on-one. I had done that originally, but my passion, the thing that I'm really feel excited about is being able to be in front of people and then create the the content. My wife is fantastic with with working with people One on one.
0: Okay. Now you said that hypnosis can work not only for our physical world, but our energetic world. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: You know, there's two ideas that I like to take um, that approach with when it comes to hypnosis. I say that there's classic physics people, and there are Newtonian physics people, and there are quantum physics people. There's the people that just believe. When you interact with stuff physically, that's how reality works. And then there's people who subscribe to the idea that everything is energy, and for lack of a, a, a you know a better term, even though it kind of gets poo-pooed a lot, the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So and, and one of the things that I tell people is consciously, if you put it in terms of computer analogy, consciously we're processing about seven to ten bits of information per second. Subconsciously, it's somewhere like 20 million bits of information per second. So you've got a lot of things happening subconsciously. So one of the challenges that people have is when they may read a book, they may see a movie, they may go to a workshop or a seminar and they go, man, that makes great sense. That's incredible. I love that advice. I'm going to start doing that. They say that consciously. But the problem is, is that the subconscious mind going, well, of course, that's a great idea. Of course, it makes sense for other people, but not for us because we fail at everything. So we can't do what we want to do. So that's why a lot of people go to a seminar and then seven days later, they're back to the same patterns of failure again. So you really, in order to be able to create radical change, you you have to get into that subconscious mind and make that rewiring happen which if somebody is more classic Newtonian physics person, they go, okay, well, my subconscious mind is going to change my thinking. Therefore, that's going to change my behaviors. Therefore, I'm going to take more action. I'm going to go out and physically do this, physically interact this way, and that's going to change things around me. The law of attraction people, if they make that change in their subconscious mind, because it's not necessarily about thinking, It's about emotions. It's about how we feel. So if subconsciously they are feeling different emotions, they're feeling more positive emotions on an ongoing basis, then that energy is going to go out into the quantum field, if you will. And then that energy is going to attract like energy. So a lot of the content that I put out there for people, it'll apply to both, right? But okay. I, I word it in a way where if somebody just thinks, okay, I go out and I physically interact with the reality and that's how I'm able to make a difference, great. But at the same time, somebody who believes, I'm a law of attraction person, so I'm putting this energy out there and it's going to make a difference, then it works for them as well.
0: Okay. So do you ever th- think think back and wonder what would have happened to you if you had not caught that stage hypnotist act? <sighs> where would you be? <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting because – um,
1: the analogy that I use for my life is the end of the movie signs that M. Night Shyamalan movie where the, the aliens came and at the climax of the movie, there were all these different things that had happened. He had a son that had asthma. He had a daughter that every time she drank water, she thought it tasted funny. And she left all these glasses of water all over the house. He had a brother who could have gone on to be a big major league baseball star, but it didn't happen. And now they're in the house. The big climax is the aliens got his youngest son, and the aliens have these poison that they shoot out of their hands. So he got this idea to tell his – um, brother to hit the alien with a baseball bat. So the, the you know the brother picks up the, the the baseball bat, and then the alien releases the poison over his son. But because his son's having an asthma attack, his son can't breathe in the poison. The brother hits the alien with a baseball bat. The alien falls back. The, the the water that the daughter left all over the house spills on the alien, and then they realize that water is basically poison to the alien, and that's how they can defeat the aliens. So all these little things that had happened over the course of everything lined up perfectly. That's kind of how I feel about my life now, that all these experiences I had from my childhood, from my teenage years, from college, from my my professional career, personal life, all have aligned to bring me to this moment. So sitting back and going, well, what would have happened? Well, the reality of it is you can't necessarily change the past. So I don't want to dwell on that. I just look at everything happened exactly the way that it did to bring me to this point. And that's kind of what I focus on. Now I I do look back at moments of my life. One of the meditations that I do uh, or the hypnosis programs that I do for people is kind of an energetic meditation where you get somebody into a hypnotic state and they're in that state. And then you walk them through the process of kind of a multiple reality. They're envisioning themselves with the outcome that they're looking to achieve. So they're envisioning themselves in this alternate reality where they made a different choice and something different happened for the better for them. And then they kind of transfer that energy from that alternate successful version of themselves into themselves. Now, of course, the subconscious mind is going, oh, okay, well, this is real. We're having this experience where we're getting energy from a more successful version of ourselves. So we're going to Take that in and we're going to implement that. It's going to become part of us. But one of the things that I also do is I have the individual go to a moment in their lives where they faced some struggle, they faced some challenges, and send that version of themselves that energy so that they can get through that time, they can get through that moment and have a more successful outcome for themselves. It's a really good way of having somebody be able to love themselves and have somebody be able to feel compassion for themselves. Of course, we all have experiences in our life that maybe we wished had turned out a little bit differently. So that's one of the things that I do that you can do in hypnosis. You can have somebody go back and replay that moment in their mind and see that different outcome. Now in physical reality, it's not like you're changing the timeline. But what I say is that you're energetically changing the timeline. So if your mind sees that happening, and then you're creating this alternate reality with this alternate path of success, then it's the same thing, like I said before, you're pulling that energy into this timeline, into this reality. So while things physically aren't changing. But if you pull that energy in, then all of a sudden your progression forward is going to align up with that end result that you were looking for in that previous moment.
0: Okay. Now, where do you see hypnosis going in the future?
1: Hypnosis is a really fascinating thing. If you look at the history, there's a really good book, I think it's called the Illustrated History of Hypnosis that outlines everything that we knew about hypnosis, going back to the ancient Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans, all the way through Franz Mesmer and moving forward. There was a time where it was dismissed. It's not real. It can't do anything. Of course, the American Medical Association acknowledges hypnosis as a a legitimate modality, as well as the British Medical Association. They realized that it has benefits. And as more people now are discovering, let's say meditation, because they're sister states of mind, but sometimes the word meditation feels a little bit more comforting but not necessarily jarring as hypnosis. You think of hypnosis, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to be taking over my mind or something like that, but hypnosis or meditation feels a little bit more comfortable for people. I have seen that really taking off quite a bit especially when I've done polls on my YouTube channel there's people that are regularly practicing meditation or self hypnosis or guided hypnosis they're all kind of interchangeable that only recently started within the last you know few years i think ancient civilizations understood a lot about the mind. They understood a lot about energy. They lo- understood a lot about spirituality, not necessarily in a religious context, but being more empowered within ourselves, being more peaceful, being you know kinder to each other. And of course, I think we lost a lot of that as society went from kind of a heart-centered space, a spiritual-centered space to thinking and trying to figure everything out and just use your mind. But I really see that more and more people are now coming back into that space where they're exploring uh, meditation and hypnosis as this modality to feel better about life, to feel better about you know themselves. Because we're a connected society, right? It's like everybody is instantaneously connected to each other, but we probably have more stress and more anger and more vitriol now than than we ever have had before. People are looking for a way to be able to resolve that for themselves. And that's one of the things that I teach and I incorporate into my programs is the fact that you're in charge of your emotions. So when you see something, one of the techniques I use is I call it nothing it. You can nothing that. You see something, you don't have to be outraged. You don't have to be upset. Or if you feel outraged and you feel upset, you don't have to go right to social media and post it so you can get a million other people outraged and upset. There's more of a healthier way that we can um, manage ourselves. There's more of a healthier way that we can live. One of the things that I talk about with people is that growing up in the 80s, the Cold War, the fear of nuclear war, we lived in... nuclear war is going to be the existential threat to humanity, or we hear climate change is the existential threat to humanity. For me, I I think the existential threat to humanity is the inability to manage their emotions, the inability to be able to come into peace with themselves, and the inability to be able to healthily, constructively, and positively interact with one another to be able to come up with better ideas, to come up with solutions, to be able to solve the challenges that we face. The existential threat isn't going to come from the outside world. The existential threat is happening within us. That's why I appreciate the opportunity to be able to put out the content that I do, because it's helping people to be able to benefit. And collectively, that's going to benefit everybody.
0: Yeah, you're definitely making a difference in the world, a positive difference. And that's something to be proud of.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Where do you see yourself going in the future? It sounds like you've got a book in you.
1: You know, I do. Maybe you spend your teens and your 20s trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. You spend your 30s figuring out how to do it. And then maybe if you're in your 40s or your 50s, you can actually do that. So I really feel like I'm living my bliss right now, right? I really enjoy doing what I do. I'm like I'm cool doing this, you know. I wake up every day excited for the fact that I'm in charge of my own time. I can live my life the way that I want to live. I can do the things that I enjoy creating, and be able to provide for my family for that. But and at the same time, not feeling unsatisfied or feeling like I'm searching for something else. At the same time, I'm realizing that I've had a considerable amount of experience, and there are more avenues that I can, you know, pursue to be able to put my information out there. So it's like you said, there is a book in me. There's definitely more screenplays in me that will touch on the things that are are meaningful to me that allow people to think, allow people to feel a positive emotion, allow people to feel benefit. There's definitely some more screenplays in me as well.
0: Let's get ready to wrap this up. What book do you currently recommend to someone that's interested in hypnosis?
1: Well, there's a couple of books that I recommend to people right now. Maybe. One that's not necessarily hypnosis-based, but there are some fantastic books that Dr. Joe Dispenza has put out. One of them is called You Are the Placebo, where he really deep dives into people's experiences that, on the one hand, believed that maybe they were going to get sick or believed themselves or thought themselves into sickness, and other people who also bought themselves into wellness. You know, Joe's got an incredible story. He was a chiropractor. He got into a bicycle accident, really damaged uh, his back, and he spent months. Well, he didn't want to get the surgery. He wasn't going to do the surgery. It was too risky. So he spent months mm-hmm. laying in bed visualizing himself, visualizing his body healing, visualizing his body walking again. And that became the case for him. So he's he's written this fantastic book called you, you Know You Are the Placebo, that is able to you know demonstrate how our minds can think ourselves well or can make a difference for ourselves. So that's one book. Actually, any book by Joe Dispenza I would recommend if somebody's interested okay. in the history of hypnosis. Uh, there is a book. It's called The Illustrated Book of Hypnosis. The, the illustrated part I don't really get because there's only a few pictures in there, but it is a fantastic read that gives an in depth history of hypnosis. If somebody is looking to learn hypnosis, there's plenty of platforms out there that, that they can look at. I would not recommend just watching a YouTube video and going, oh, I no, can do this. For there's another really um, interesting book, too, that I like um, by Stephen Kotler and Jamie Wheel. It's called um, Stealing Fire. That's a really good book that talks about getting into a flow state. So I highly recommend that book as well.
0: Okay. I'll definitely have to check those out. Well, what's, a, what's the number one piece of advice that you could give our listeners today?
1: Literally, whatever you believe you can achieve. You know, our biggest enemy is ourselves, and our biggest champion is ourselves. So um, we talked earlier about Ray Bradbury. And Ray Bradbury had come and spoke to us at BYU. He had written a story in the 1980s. It was a short story. I believe it was called the Toynbee Experiment, and it was about a time traveler who built a time machine and he went a hundred years into the future. And when he went a hundred years into the future, he was able to see how humanity came together. There was no more war. There was no more famine. There was no more climate issues. Everyone got along. Everyone had plenty of opportunity. Everybody um, had plenty of abundance. So he had seen this in the future, traveled back to his present day, and then said to everybody, hey, this is amazing. 100 years in the future, there's no war. There's no poverty. We all get along. Everything's great. So what happened is, is over the course of those 100 years, society evolved. Humanity evolved. There, there was an end to war. There was an end to poverty. There was an end to famine. Medical technology considerably increased. And as it did, this time traveler was still alive 100 years later. And what humanity was going to do, they were all going to gather together at the point where the time traveler came back from now that past into what was now the, the, the present future. So everybody's getting together. They're going to have a big ceremony. They're waiting for the time traveler to come streaking through the skies in his time machine. And they're waiting and they get to the exact moment when the time traveler is supposed to arrive and he doesn't arrive. And then they wait a little longer and he still doesn't show up. They wait even longer and he still doesn't show up. They wait a little longer and he still doesn't show up. And finally, the time traveler leans over to the person next to him and says, I lied. I I just remember as soon as Ray Bradbury hit that very last line, he leaned over and he said, I lied. And we were in the conference center there, and everybody just erupted into applause, right? They loved that. He lied, but because humanity believed that that was the case, that's what they became. That's what happened. And it's the same way with ourselves. What we believe we can become.
0: Okay. What's the best way for people to check you out and get in touch with you? Yeah, to you can check me out, out on my YouTube website,
1: channel. johnmoyer.com. I'm on you know Twitter, at John Moyer. And, of course, on YouTube, just look me up, John Moyer Hypnosis. You can find me right there on YouTube.
0: Okay. That's a wrap. Thank you, John Moyer, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it very much. As I mentioned last week, John was another fun interview to record, and I learned a lot about hypnosis as well as YouTube. John explained the difference between hypnosis and meditation. He said there are essentially sister states of mind. You're going from a beta brainwave state down into alpha and theta brainwave states. So you're experiencing the same brainwave state. But one of the things that happens, or several of the things that happens physically, is your body is releasing dopamine. Your body's releasing endorphins. So you feel really happy. You're in a really, really good mood. You're also releasing antioxidants. So your body is releasing these chemicals that are anti-cancer, anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, and increased melatonin. In the middle of the afternoon, it takes somebody 15 or 20 minutes to do a meditation or a hypnosis session. You can get a, an energy boost as a result of that. He also talks about the various brainwave states, beta, alpha, theta, delta, and when you're asleep. But the highest brainwave state is actually called gamma, and that's like a super consciousness. It's like the aha moment when you're trying to solve something, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get this idea. What happens is the gamma brainwave state is all of the areas of your brain simultaneously simultaneously just link up, and they're in sync. So they're instantly communicating. Instead of having to search for an idea over here or put something over here or over there, all of a sudden your brain's coming together, and it just comes to you. Regarding hypnosis, John explained that the brain can't tell the difference between what's real or what's not. In their mind, they're experiencing these things, and their mind is telling them this is real. So the brain is saying, this is a real experience. He also offered a few of the various steps to get someone into a hypnotic state. One of the things that you do is called pacing and leading, where you're going to tell two or three facts that they know to be true, And the fourth thing that you might say to them would be like the suggestion. There is also a confusion technique where you kind of overload the conscious mind a little bit and confuse it. The conscious mind is distracted and then you're able to get a suggestion into the subconscious mind. Another technique is called anchoring. So you'll probably notice a lot of hypnotists snap their fingers and give a command like sleep. When they do that, they're creating a conditioned association In a person's mind so that when they hear the snap of the fingers and the word sleep the subconscious mind is anchored to that word or that sound and it's going to accept the command and direct the body to go to sleep all of john's skills from stagecraft writing editing filming and audio production have aligned to make him a successful youtube content creator he said youtube wants your channel to be very specific to an audience John is extremely grateful for all all of the experiences that led him to be where he is now. His message simply stated is, what we believe we can be. You can check him out at johnmoyer.com or on YouTube by searching for John Moyer Hypnosis. Now next week, we'll have on Mary Fane Brandt talking about LinkedIn marketing. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss it or any of the other episodes.
1: Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.